All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Go With The Flow. I believe this is episode six, but for some reason, I always, I lose track of the episodes. Um, but yeah, new episode of Go With The Flow. Special guest in the building. Hayward is here. Welcome to the show, Hayward. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so I have wanted, I've been wanting to get a freshman on here, but also the powers that be, you know, powers from above, they also said that they want to have, have me get a freshman on here. And so I was racking my brain, like, who do I want to get on here? But I was like, Hayward is a perfect candidate. So Hayward, um, can you tell the people how we, how we know each other? Uh, so we met each other through club soccer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So club soccer represent. Um, I feel like I think last season I had like three or four club soccer guys on here and you were the first one this season. So big, big honor. Thank you. For, thank you for coming on here. Um, but like I said, here is a freshman um, scoring machine on club soccer. This man is absurd. He. Yeah. Great. Great player. Great guy. Um, but the way that I start all these episodes is by asking my guests to introduce themselves. Tell me where they're from. You're still a freshman, so you don't know what your major is, and it will probably change. Um, so tell me what you're thinking about majoring in. Um, tell me about the different things that you're involved in on campus and just any other general introduction that you would you would like to give. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Hayward Bryan. I'm from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I grew up in a family of six kids. So Whoa, come, big come, family. Yeah, I come from a real big family. Um, some of the things I'm involved with on campus are, uh, as you said, club soccer, uh, I do Naval ROTC as well, and then I've been involved some with uh, PCF, Pr Princeton Christian Fellowship. Nice. Okay, and on the topic of ROTC, just before we started this, you were telling me what your schedule was like, uh, specifically your mornings. Could you please tell the people what your weekly schedule is like <laughs> and how early you have to wake up? <laughs> yeah, so it's a pretty cr pretty, pretty crazy schedule for us uh, Navy ROTC people, Uh Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, we're pretty free in the mornings. But uh, Monday mornings, we wake up at 4.15. That is 4.15, people. Yes. 4.15 a.m. 4.15 to drive over to Rutgers, uh, do PT, and then have naval science class. Wednesdays, we wake up at uh, 5.15. Uh, we, get, we PT here at Princeton, and then we drive over to Rutgers for naval science class. And then Fridays, we have something called Naval Science Lab, and we have to wake up around 6.30 to get over to Rutgers for that. This is, this is again, absurd. Um, and so, wait, again, just you explained this beforehand, but can you explain why you have to go to Rutgers for it and why it doesn't uh, happen on campus? Yes, so uh, for Navy, our program's still uh, pretty small because I think they got rid of it um, a while back, and they just recently brought it back in, so we don't have enough people for a just Princeton unit. So we work with Rutgers right now. Gotcha. And what's crazy is, I, so I work at Dillon Gym um, at the front desk, and I'm one of the leads, and leads have to have either an opening or closing shift, and so I have an opening shift. And on Tuesday mornings, I open i wake up at five o'clock to open the building at five thirty, and i thought i do that once a week and i thought that was insane i'm like this is crazy i have to wake up once a week at this time but after hearing your schedule I'm, i might complain a little a little bit less yeah it's it's definitely made my sleep schedule really weird because then tuesday thursdays some days i'll sleep like really late because of the sleep that i've missed on other days like one time i literally slept through my 11 a.m. <laughs> nice. on like a Tuesday. <laughs> would you say, would you consider yourself a morning person or have you had to adjust to being a morning person because of your schedule? 
Um, I would have considered myself somewhat of a morning person. Definitely not that early, but um, and it's definitely been an adjustment. Yeah, for sure. Um, but okay, so um, I wanted to, like I said, I want to take it all the way back to high school for you because um, when COVID started, March of 2020, that was my sophomore spring, which again feels so crazy to say. I don't know how I'm a senior already. Time has flown by. We'll get to all the advice portion later, but yeah, time flies. So what... Where were you? What year were you when COVID started? In March of 2020, what grade were you in? So I was a junior. Junior in high school. Okay. And so can you take me back to that time period? What was that adjustment like for you in high school going to virtual classes? It it was weird. Uh, I definitely did not like virtual classes. But um, so again, I'm from a big family, a family of eight people total, six kids. Um, and we, what we actually did is for spring break, right. Um, kind of before COVID really hit North Carolina, um, we went to the beach, uh, with my, uh, my best friend from high school and his family, um, and their family of six people. So we went to their, uh, beach place in Kiowa, South Carolina, and we actually ended up staying there through spring break and then for most of the time throughout the rest of the year at virtual school. So that really helped the adjustment, like having other people and not feeling quite as isolated. Um, But I definitely did not like learning virtually, and I did not feel like I learned very well. Yeah, wait, and also I don't think I asked. So you said you have uh, five siblings? Yes. Where are are you in that range? So I am number three. Okay. I have two older sisters. One's a senior at UNC Chapel Hill. One's a junior, technically, I think, at Dartmouth. Um, then I've got uh, two younger sisters as well. Are you the only boy? No. Okay. So, so I've got I've got one younger sister's a junior in high school. Okay. And then um, the next one's actually my brother, who's actually adopted from Ethiopia. Um, and he and my youngest sister almost seem like twins because my parents found out probably within three days of um, getting the paper signed for my brother's adoption that my mom was pregnant Ah. with the last one. So, yeah, they're both, and the two youngest are both seventh graders. Okay, gotcha. Okay, cool. But, yeah, I just wanted to uh, see where you you lay in the the whole, uh, in the sibling tree. Okay, but back to COVID. Because for us, so to contrast your experience, I... Because I try to think about what things would have been like if I was in high school and if I would have gotten sent home and how much my learning would have been affected. I think that in high school, you first, I'll just say you don't miss out. You don't miss out on as much in high school because, again, it's really just high school. You do like your four or five classes. You there aren't really as many extracurriculars as there are here. It's not like you were living on a campus and you had to be sent home, whereas we literally just got, everybody got sent home after. And so I was trying to compare and contrast and see if I would have rather been like a junior in high school or a junior in college when COVID would have hit. Do you, would you say that you are happier that you were at that stage in your academic career when COVID hit rather than being older or younger? How would you say that, how would you, how would you assess where you were at the time um, compared to where, where where else you could have been? Uh, I'm probably not the best person to speak on this because I think I was very fortunate with everything through COVID. Um, that time, spring of my junior year, getting to stay with our uh, fam- good family friends the whole time, 
And then my school was actually in person all of senior year. Oh, wait, what? Okay, yeah. I was about to ask about that. What? Okay. So my, I, I went to a pretty small um, school. So we were able to stay in person the whole year, which was really great. So I was glad it happened at that time because I know pretty much all colleges didn't stay in person. So you were only virtual for that um, spring of 2020? Yeah. Uh, we, we had to do a couple little periods my senior year. But, yeah, the only big one was that spring of my junior year. Okay, because, okay, you just answered my next question. So I was about to ask what was a virtual senior year of college, of high school like, but sounds like you, did, you, didn't, yeah. have, you didn't have to do that. So you had everything that you would have, like, you had your prom, you did all the regular um, things, or what was, so any, was anything affected at all? There were definitely some things affected. Um, like, again, I, I don't really complain about this because I felt very fortunate that I got to have my senior year of soccer. Because uh, a lot of high school kids didn't, but the season was uh, much shorter than usual. Um, sports in general were a little bit harder to do, um, but again, I was just very glad to be able to do them at all. Um, we didn't do a lot of the events like homecoming and stuff in the fall, um, but we did get back to doing some of those in the spring. Okay, again, yeah, because even to contrast it with my high school, which I um, I went to high school like eight minutes away from here, very close by. I don't think they, senior trip for sure didn't happen. Um, prom happened, but it was, usually we go somewhere, like drive like 40 minutes away, but it was in the school this year, which wasn't great. Sports, I don't think happened. So mm -hmm. at least it sounds like you were able to have a much more regular time than other high schools, which is good. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, Low-key, I was like interested in hearing about like how shitty of a senior year you had, but kind of, Glad that you <laughs> you were able yeah. to have a, a regular senior year. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so then moving on to college applications, um, what was that process like for you? Were you because I know um, because of COVID, Princeton and a bunch of other schools did not require the SATs and other standardized tests. Did you still submit a, a SAT? Did you do the SATs? Did you do a basically normal process? I did. Um, so I had to take the SATs because I also applied to uh, the military academies, so okay. the Naval Academy and West Point or Army. Uh, and both of those uh, still had the SAT as a requirement, pretty much. They were kind of like the only two schools that held out and were still like, you still have to submit that. Um, but my college process was kind of a nightmare. <laughs> Speak um, on it. Here we go. There yeah, we go. <laughs> so it was, it was rough. Um, so again, not getting not getting to visit schools was tough, uh, and it I I I wanted to keep a lot of options open, so I ended up applying to I think like twenty schools. Jesus Christ! Yeah, way too many. Twenty is a many. lot of schools. Okay, um, <laughs> but the schools that I did end up getting to visit were uh, Princeton, because uh, my mom's actually an, an alum, um, so I'd been there a couple times. I got to visit Dartmouth, uh, where my sister's at. UNC, where my other sister's at. Um, and then at the end of the year, I got to visit Washington and Lee and West Point, as well as a small school called uh, Swanee. Okay, um, and but when when you visited Princeton, was there was it more of a, you just like doing your own thing? Because I don't think, Orange Key Tours literally just came back like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Okay, so you just like came so, and walked around. <laughs> uh -huh. my, my mom kind of showed me around. Okay. And then... Uh, I had actually, I, I visited multiple times to Princeton, actually, because I went to my mom's uh, reunion. Okay, because, okay. Once or twice. So I, and I went, actually, I also went to um, 
a couple of the soccer ID camps uh, that they held. So I I got to visit Princeton a lot. Okay, what nice. uh, what class was your mom? Class of ninety six. Okay, nice. Um, so most people who I've spoken to whose parents are alum and have come to reunions, they usually have crazy reunion stories. Do you have any particularly fun, crazy stories do you have from coming to reunions as a child? Um, and that, if the answer is no, that's okay. I'm just curious. Not really. I mean, I was a little younger, so I don't fully remember everything. Okay. That's my mic is fully falling down. But, <laughs> you know, we're, we're going with the flow. Keep going. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I I don't really remember too okay. much. I just remember they were pretty fun. There was good food. It is fun, and there is good food. And it's good. Reunions are going to happen this year for the first time in two years. And, oh, boy, it will probably be the funnest one on records because oh, everyone yeah. has missed it for the last two years. Everybody's looking forward to coming back and letting loose. Um, it's crazy. I mean, I worked in my freshman year. I was on the golf cart crew. was supposed to work at sophomore year, but then got canceled. Didn't happen last year. So now that is, there's a bunch of people in my year who have still never been to reunions, which is kind of crazy. So yeah. definitely something to look forward to. And if you can work it, I would highly, highly suggest um, working it. Okay, but so you said you applied to how many, 20? I think it was it was either 20 or 21. I don't even remember. That's absurd. What is, I, applied um, to, I applied to 11, and I thought that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was way too much because I, I applied... So, military academy applications, I don't know if anyone's talked about this. They're, no, I um, don't know. Yeah, please speak on it. They are tough, and you have to start them pretty much like your junior year, junior spring. Uh, maybe like summer between your junior and senior year, you could get away with it. Um, but I technically did four military applications because I applied to West Point, the Naval Academy, and then I applied for an Army ROTC scholarship and a Navy ROTC scholarship. So for all of those, there's a ton of different applications, and you have to do you have to schedule physical tests uh, to do with people. And then you um, for the academies, you also have to interview with uh, like a local representative um, of your state and or or like a local uh, U.S. senator from from your state. Um, so you have to do that, go through that interview process, uh, interview with previous West Point people, interview with previous Naval Academy people. It's it's definitely a grind. So that took up a lot of my time. <laughs> that took up a lot of my, like, the beginning of my application time because uh, those are also usually due a little bit earlier, um, which I'm really glad I did them now because, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm using the Naval RTC scholarship. Um, but... Then after that, I just had a bunch of different uh, college applications to do. And so, so how, when did you make the decision that you wanted to go the ROTC route? Um, pretty early on. So I would say I found out about, I would just say military options in general, my freshman year mm-hmm. of high school. Um, and then I think by, by about my junior year, I think I decided I wanted to definitely serve in the military in some way, either through an academy or through ROTC. Um, yeah, so I decided then and had to get started with the application. <laughs> yeah. after that. And yeah. so all the places you applied to, why did you um, ultimately decide on coming to Princeton? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Thank you. So, <laughs> so um, I want to say I got into maybe like 12 of the schools. Um 
from there, just looking at it, I mean, Princeton's really hard to turn down. My mom had gone there. And so I kind of got myself into a final three schools with uh, Princeton, West Point, and Washington and Lee, um, which I visited the three of those like late spring of my senior year. Um, and they were all, they were all, they're all great. And I liked them all for, um, different reasons, but I think ultimately the, uh, the diversity at Princeton, not even necessarily, uh, like physical diversity, but just the diversity of thought and the diversity of types of people. Uh, cause, uh, Washington only was a lot of, um, like a certain type of person I felt and West Point also was all like. Um, very militarily focused people. Princeton also gave me the best option to go the Navy route, um, which I think I kind of decided I wanted to do. So, yeah, I ended up going with Princeton. Gotcha. And honestly, what, you're only four weeks in, or however many weeks in, we have midterms next week, and this might be way too premature of a question, but how do you feel about your decision? Which, and I will preface this by saying, if you would have asked me this question when I was in your shoes, I would have had a very different answer than I had, like, a year after. But f- however many weeks in we are, how do you feel about that decision? I feel I feel good about it. Um, there are definitely some really tough things, but I think that would have been college for me at anywhere, um, especially doing the military stuff. It's just, it's a lot of responsibility. Um, a, a, lot of, a lot of different things on your plate that not a lot of the other college students have. Um, but... I feel like my transition's been pretty good. Uh, some of the nice things have been uh, community's been pretty easy to pick up just with the other Navy ROTC people, the club soccer guys, uh, and PCF. Um, all of that community's been so welcoming, and I've met a lot of really good people, which has definitely helped the transition. Gotcha. And again, you're you're good at this because you jumped the gun and you already asked, you answered two of the questions that I was going to ask about what your transi- transition has been like and about what some of the more difficult things have been. But again, I knew I picked you for a reason. You're you are you are pretty good at this. But okay, so rewind to moving on to campus. You're all excited. Um, woohoo! Wait, what what, what rest college are you in? I'm in Rocky. Uh, Yo, let's go, gang! Oh, let's go. Okay. Oh, we talked about this walking back from practice. <laughs> yeah, we day. did. I also lived in Holder my first two years. Love Holder. Great place to be. Most beautiful part of campus. You'll see wedding pictures being taken there every single day. But yeah, it's great. My, my only complaint with Holder is the location. Cause okay. I, I didn't get a bike yet or a scooter or anything like that. And club soccer practice is like the opposite side of campus. This is true. Oh, true. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> when I have to go to ride to Rutgers, we meet at the Wawa, which is also pretty uh, far. Also, oh, yeah. Um, so, so Whitman, Whitman, or, yeah, Whitman or Butler would have been great for you location been, wise. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's fair. Do you plan on getting some sort of wheels? I do. I do. I think I may be getting something over fall break, but we'll see. We'll okay. See. What are you thinking? Uh, maybe a scooter, but I don't know. The scooters are fun. I would recommend, yeah. I would recommend the scooters. They look pretty nice from what I've seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so you came in, did you have to do OA or CA? Which one did you do? I did OA. I did OA. How was that? I really liked it, yeah. Um, I thought our leaders were good. Um, I liked the people in my group. Um, we didn't we didn't do any rock climbing or swimming, which I was kind of hoping we might do. But uh, the hikes were really good. Um, and the places we went were really nice. And we got to canoe as well, which was fun. That's good. And also, I don't know if you're aware of how different OA was this past year from what it used to be like. 
I am somewhat aware. I heard it was usually you actually go take a three-day trip where you don't come back to campus at all, or three, maybe more days. It was I'm more days, sure. yeah. More I think days. it was, I'm pretty sure it was yeah. five, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like five days. Yeah, so I, I heard about that as well. Yeah, and so, let me, yes. So, it was fully a five-day trip, hopped on a bus. My trip, I also did OA, backpacking. We went to, like, the Appalachian Trail in Massachusetts. Mm. It was five days of doing, like, 10 miles a day, camping outside, making all our own meals, not showering, pooping outside, peeing in the nastiest smelling. I forget what they were called, but the nastiest, to this day, the nastiest smelling thing that I've ever been in in my life. So yeah, y'all had it, y'all had it a lot, a lot different than we did, <laughs> but hopefully it, it gets to eventually transition back to, to what things used yeah, to be like. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm just, again, trying to assess what the start of your personal experience has been like compared to mine, but also compared to last year's, because you should listen to the, um, the name of the episode is A Fresh Perspective with Yendi, you should listen to that, because yeah. you will, that will make you appreciate what this year has been like so far, because last year was not it by any stretch of the imagination, no one was having a good... Although, apparently the freshmen were having a good time, but that's because they didn't know what they'd been missing out on. But as far as, like, sophomores, juniors, seniors, did not love it at all. Um, so, okay. Next question, and I just asked you about this, and I already know your answer, but I have to ask again. Did you go to lawn parties? I did not get to go to lawn parties this time. Because? Tough. Um, so, one other, one other difficult thing that I probably should have mentioned about my transition was uh, my class schedule didn't get worked out quite right. Um, so uh, right now I'm technically engineering, although I'm probably going to switch out of engineering. That's, that, uh, that tends to be how it goes. I also started engineering and switched out of engineering. Uh, into A, B, but um, uh, so... There's all the engineering prereqs, um, and there's some of the same, actually, classes that I have to take for Naval ROTC anyway, so I thought I may as well start in it. Uh, so I'm taking the EGR 151-152 sequence, which I did end up getting into those classes and working it out, and then I have a freshman seminar. My fourth class, I was trying to get into chemistry, uh, kind of the usual, like, engineering starting uh, track, um, but I did, I wasn't able to actually get into an engineering class. I mean, get into a chemistry class, which was weird. Um, so, but, but I, I was told to keep waiting uh, to try to get in. And then like two weeks in, right before the drop period, drop ad period was going to end. I just had to pick a different class. So I picked computer science. Coast 126? Yes, Coast oh, 126. Geez, I'm getting flashbacks. Uh, Shivers just thinking about Coast. <laughs> yeah, j joined it late. Um completely lost felt like felt like i jumped from pre-algebra to calculus yeah sounds about right um <laughs> so in that so lawn parties i was working on a coast assignment and getting ready for a coast exam which is now tough because i'm i think i'm gonna end up needing to drop oh anyway. my god and so you miss lawn so, parties for a class you're gonna drop anyway yeah that was tough that um, is tough yeah that definitely made my transition a little tougher in general but and uh, just one quick thing about coast 126 it gets marketed as an introduction or an intro computer science class and exactly you're shaking your head right now there is nothing introductory about that class it's, it it's, goes, it's a nightmare it is oh i'm finally someone who agrees with me a lot of people i tell us they're like what are you talking about like i love that class you either love it or you hate it and i'm glad yeah. i found someone else who hated it it goes from week one 
the assignment being like, to like get the code to type out hello world or something stupid like yeah. that till week three they're like build the fucking solar system i was like how did we get here there is no way you've taught me enough in two weeks to go from typing out hello world yeah. to building the solar system but yeah i hated that class i pdf'd it barely barely passed it it wasn't fun at all so i'm glad that somebody else has had similar experiences yeah, i also just i think the support system in that class is not great either uh i concur because the collaboration policies in egr and the egr classes have been great um it's like i'm i'm probably a little bit better at 152 but it's really easy to get help uh in 151 the physics one and you can work with other people which is really nice um so people just get together do group study sessions and they can crank out the p sets it's not too bad uh, but then Coast, it was like, everything has to be exactly your own. You can't you can't work with other people. It was, it, yeah. It's not, a nightmare. Not good. That's probably, I would, I don't know this for a fact, but I would guess that that's probably the class that people get honor coded for the most. Really? Yeah, because, I that. Yeah, just because of, like, people, like, copying code. But even if it's, like, an innocent, like, oh, we're just working on this together, although you're not supposed to, and then they have their ways of finding out, because, you know, computer science geniuses here at Princeton, um, and so people just get in trouble all the time. But no, I agree with you. Because even that's like the only class that I've ever heard of. But I might be wrong. There might be more that had like a 50. There's two different options for precepts. There's a 50 minute one and then there's a longer one, like really? 80 minutes. Or I'm pre pretty sure. Pretty sure. And even the longer precept, I was like, I leave still not knowing anything. Yeah. And I, I just I just don't get it for me, which is, again, I respected people who are coast majors so much more oh, yeah. after that class because to me it is a different language and i'm illiterate when it comes to computer science i cannot read it i cannot code it i cannot do any of it mm -hmm. so yeah coast 126 i'm sorry that they made you miss lawn parties just for you to drop it anyway but okay so since you didn't go i had some questions about that but that's fine we will scrap the lawn parties question um next thing though um late meal thoughts on late meal have you been going your answer better be yes. Uh, I think late meal is fantastic. Amazing. Good answer. Um, I, I have not been able to go like every time. Like ideally, I would just go every time because yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Both late lunch and late dinner. Um, some nights are a little tougher when I have to wake up really early the next morning. Um, but yeah, late meal, late meal I think is great. Agreed. Good answer. And like I've and um, honestly for any freshman or just any underclassmen listening, and we'll get to Tiger Confessions later, which you don't even know what that is yet, which is hilarious, but we will get to that later. There's always the sentiment of, oh, like, how do I meet new people? How do I make no more friends? Um, I haven't been able to meet that many people. Late meal, late meal, late meal. That is the answer. That is the underclassmen hub. Go hang out and frisk and eat your free meals and procrastinate doing work. So glad to hear that you've been able to take advantage of that and honestly that checks two boxes two things that the kid the fresh well the froshmores as i like to call them the sophomores this year the class of 2024 two things they did not have between oh wait which they did virtually and late meal because they're only here in the spring so that is all also, also great also just on late meal in general just remember every late meal you miss is eight dollars down the drain exactly <laughs> exactly you get so much free money on this not well yeah for because you have to be on the unlimited meal plan and so if you have mm -hmm. that money there you might as well use it. Definitely. Uh, um, but okay, so now moving back, kind of back a little bit towards your transition to campus. So you're talking about how um, 
you were sorting out your schedule, and so that made it a little bit difficult because you're an RTC that has a little bit on your plate. Um, how would you say you are managing uh, balancing your time so far? Um, I would say it's actually gone pretty well. Uh, probably a little better than expected. Um, as you may have guessed, since I'm doing the military, I like a little bit of structure. Uh, so it's... It's been a little bit nice knowing, like, I've got, okay, I've got Naval RTC at this time, so that's going to take up that time. And I've got soccer practice or soccer games at this time for club soccer. And I've got classes and homework at other times as well. So I kind of like a little bit of that structure. I feel like it makes me a little more productive, so that's been good. That's good. Hey, this this makes me so happy. Again, we could not have been more different from our our freshman, from my freshman year to your freshman year, Um, because my freshman year, um, tougher transition, found trouble balancing my time, didn't use all the resources that I could until way later than I should have, didn't use a Google Calendar, which I talk about every week on this podcast, but I love Google Calendar. Changed my life, helped me organize everything. But it took me probably till halfway through second sem- or the spring semester to finally feel like I was balancing my time appropriately and able to have my social life and do my academics well and sleep a sufficient amount because no one really sleeps enough you should definitely don't sleep enough <laughs> so yeah, it's good to it's, so i mean it, that's good it's good to hear that you are able to so far or so far you've been able to make a better adjustment than i had i mean i also have been a little bit fortunate in that because for a good bit of the year uh, or Maybe half of my time so far, I've only been in three classes. Okay, true. Three classes plus my naval science class, which makes it a little bit easier. Because when Coast came up, I was definitely struggling a lot more. Um, wait, and why did you even pick Coast? Just because? Um, so I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> Fair enough. Clear, really clearly, does? I got myself in way over my head. <laughs> but um, I... I was looking basically just for another engineering requirement because I kind of assumed you're supposed to do, like, math, physics, either chem or coast, and then the next semester, math, physics, and the other one that you didn't do before. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of assuming I would do coast this semester, chem next semester. Now I'm probably not even going to stay in engineering. Which, so. again, is a smart choice. But And then you're also still going to have to do your writing sem next semester, yes, which, which is, is going to be terrible. whole other monster in yeah. and of itself. I want and okay... I'm going to say it anyway, um, although you haven't taken it. Writing Sam did not change my writing one bit. They really? swear it's okay. supposed to come in and change the way you write or make you a much better writer. Uh-uh. Nope. I, nope. I write the exact same. Writing is not my strong suit, so I'm definitely not excited for that class. But um, yeah, I, right now I'm technically ORF. Uh, but I'm thinking about switching probably to econ. Like, wait, again, like I said. And even you might switch out of that too, which there's yeah, nothing wrong with. Yeah. That's why one of the better things about Princeton is the fact that you don't have to declare your major until end of sophomore year. Unless you're BSc. Unless you're you BSc, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because it really gives you enough time to bounce around and figure out what you want to do. And you should fully take advantage of switching as much as you can before yeah. deciding on what you want to do. Although at the same time, don't disadvantage yourself mm-hmm. and make it so that when you're in your sophomore spring, you don't have all the prereqs you need for whatever major you have. So it's a nice, you got to strike the balance of shopping around, but also getting stuff done where you're set up for f- at least a few different pathways. Definitely. The, the nice thing for me is uh, for Navy ROTC, you have to have 
certain calculus and certain physics, certain calculus-based physics requirements done anyway. So I don't feel like I'm wasting this e- the EGR sequence, even if I go out of engineering. Word, word. Okay, and then another thing that I want to touch on, um, imposter syndrome. Do you know what that is? Yes. Okay. Do you, would you say that you've experienced that in any way since you've been here? Um, probably a little bit in, like, my computer science class. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I mean, at the same time, I feel like it's been nice being with the other Navy RTC people because, like, it's a grind and it's a struggle for all of us. So, I, I don't know. It kind of made me feel more like I'm... I, like, I also did some naval training over the summer um, and, like, learned a lot about how suffering together can change your view of suffering in general. Um, so I feel like I just see a lot more how, like, everybody's suffering and struggling, um, especially in BSE and people who are doing writing sim right now. Uh, it's just made me feel a little bit less that way, just seeing that, like, everybody's everybody's struggling and honestly those are two very good points that you bring up um because i freshman year well and again that's this is another thing that i've spoken on many times on this podcast but imposter syndrome definitely had that for the longest time i was like oh i don't belong here coast (laughs) okay let me my freshman years uh my freshman fall schedule was coast 126 chem 201 physics 103 and math 103 no that's terrible oh yeah dude i know which again oh which let me yes my peer academic advisor the sweetest girl ever she never told me like i might be putting a little bit too much on my place she's like oh yeah go ahead and do this when i went to to um switch out of engineering and you have to like meet with the head of the engineering department or whatever he looked at my schedule he was like yeah maybe you shouldn't have done this much your your freshman fall i was like why didn't nobody else tell me this so yes i agree it was a lot and for anyone listening right now who might think that's not that big of a workload good for you you're smart leave me alone i'm not i'm not that smart (laughs) i struggled and it was hard so leave me alone but um that was my schedule and out of all those four classes the only one that i didn't feel like i didn't know what the fuck i was doing was math 103 and that's because that's what like that's like calc one which i did senior year of high school so technically it was a class i'd already done and that's the only reason that i didn't feel like i didn't know what i was doing the other three it seemed like every single other person in there knew exactly what they were doing especially with physics and coast and it just made me feel so out of place like i didn't belong and it just made the experience not that great. Because, like, you were just saying with suffering together, it seemed like I was suffering alone. Yeah. Because at least with RT, with Naval RTC, you're able to have a community. Mm-hmm. It didn't – I definitely wouldn't say I had a community that I was suffering with. So it seemed like I was the only one struggling by myself. And so maybe if I had – maybe had a different group of uh, or had a group of people at all that were maybe in all the same different classes and or all the same classes and we were going through it together doing all the pieces together i might have been able to just get something out of that community community and see how much everyone else was also struggling and not really feel like i was the only one out of place but because i didn't have that in my head i was the only one who was struggling as much as i was mm-hmm. and then it just made the experience not great at all so Did- I, Sorry, sorry, did you guys have the EGR sequence as an option then? Um, probably. I, I just probably didn't know what I was doing either. And I've, I've heard, and 
from what I've talked about with people in the regular physics and math, I've heard EGRs much better option. Okay, so maybe that is what I should little, have done. Little easier, I've heard. Um, but again, I felt like it hasn't been too bad so far. And that's another thing. I feel like I wasn't. I didn't have all the right pieces of advice, mm. which is why it is also important to. Um, Get advice not only from the formal channels like the peer academic advisors and the dean of your grad college and director of studies, any upperclassmen you know who have done it two, three years before you, those are probably the people you should be going to. So for you, anyone on club soccer, anyone in Naval ROTC, anyone in, what is P PCF. PCF. Those are the people you should probably be going to. Because if I would have gone to a senior friend, which I don't think I had any at the time, and been like, oh, this is my schedule, they would be like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Drop one of those, take an easy class, and then it'll be more manageable. But mm -hmm. I didn't have that. And so it w made the, the transition a little bit harder. That's where I also think I was pretty lucky because I went to well, so I went to something called NSI, which is where I talked about the suffering together. It's a new student indoctrination, basically a four week naval boot camp um, up in Great Lakes, Illinois. Uh, but so I, I that was over the summer. I had had no access to a computer or phone or anything, so I felt a little behind on getting some of my Princeton like summer program computer things that you have to do. Uh, just to like get yourself prepared for the year and be looking at classes. So I had to do all that stuff a little bit late and I was confused on like my um, my naval requirements and like which Princeton courses I needed to take to match up with that. But like going to see these other people in the in Navy RTC at Princeton, like immediately is something called an SO, which is new student orientation. Basically five more days of kind of that naval boot camp stuff, but just with our unit. Um, and getting to talk to them and like, they gave me so, so much advice. Cause I was in, uh, physics 103 and like math 104 and classes like that. And they were all like, okay, Hey, you should do this with your schedule. Exactly. Which was just crucial. Exactly. 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 So again, any freshman, sophomore, hopefully incoming. Cause again, this, I don't like to pat myself on the back, but I think this is a good podcast to listen to, especially for prospective students and Definitely. especially for admitted students to at least get start to get the lay of the land if when you are coming in for sure look to other students for all this advice and do everything you can to find that community which is why i stress the importance of joining clubs when you get here something like club soccer you're able to meet upperclassmen just meet people from all different backgrounds and all corners of campus doing cool things who will be able to give you this sort of advice that will make your life much easier um but okay next thing the social life here. What have you thought about the social scene? Um, so it's been a little tricky for me to get involved in some things just with ROTC because I know um, Thursdays are a big night uh, and I wake up at 6.30 on Thursdays. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also uh, pretty strict uh, no alcohol policy. For oh, tragic. I mean, I'm kidding. That's not tragic. Don't drink, kids. <laughs> for for uh, Navy ROTC. But um, I've still gotten to go to some parties. Uh, no one's put any pressure on me or anything. Um, and, like, they've been they've been really good. Uh, also, just the other community that I've met uh, through PCF. And, like, we had a hangout night with the guys club soccer where we went and grabbed dinner and then went to a house. And that was really fun. So we've definitely had some good experiences there. Glad to hear that. I'm always curious because I think we have one of the more unique social scenes here with the eating clubs. Yeah, for sure. Um, not really having frats be the dominant force on campus like many other places. So just curious to to 
hear what the freshman perspective is. And also on that topic, when it comes to the eating clubs, as a you're only a month in, general thoughts on actually no, I won't ask you about this. It's still too early for you to worry about this. We'll skip skip right along. Okay. So okay, so like I said, I wanted to oh, let me make sure those are all the questions that I want. Oh, okay, no, last question. Not last one, before I get on to the next thing. What has been the favorite part of your experience so far? That's actually tough because it's been good. There have been a lot of there've been a lot of good things. Um, I mean, maybe I'll say something that kind of encompasses multiple things. So a little bit of a cheat answer, I guess. That's but, okay. That's okay. Um, Just don't cheat in classes. <laughs> the honor code will get you. But you can cheat. Cheat answer is good here. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but I just kind of the overall structure that I've had with like getting to do Navy ROTC and getting to do club soccer and getting to do PCF and that kind of like balance that it's given me um, to, to like have all of that community. Um, so I guess I could put it a little bit more narrowly and just say like the community. Um, but that's been really good. Okay, cool. Good answer. Um, and now moving on to the next thing. So there was this freshman survey that came out a few weeks ago, and I just wanted to speak with you a little, speak a little bit with you about it because you know this is your year, these are your people. You, I assume, you filled out the survey. Yes, of course. Okay, amazing. And you said that you have not looked at the results because I just want to ask you general questions. Um, I glanced at them, but I don't remember any of them. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. So first question, and I'm just like going through. So there's four different. Uh, categories, there's demographics, academics, lifestyle, okay, five, I guess, views, and COVID. I mean, I'm interested to see the results. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so first question, out of your class, what percentage do you think went to public school? Um, That's tough. Maybe I'll say 42. Ah, Wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it I, would, first of all, it would be insane if you guess any of these numbers <laughs> accurately. Is that, yeah. I was like, wrong. oh shit, yeah, correct. No. So, so actually, no. Out of the class of 2025, 59.4% went to public okay, school. Yeah. Awesome. 37.4% went to private school. 0.7% were homeschooled. I need to find that kid and get him on here. Yeah. yeah <laughs> one point, one, if you're listening and you're the homeschooled kid, please come on here. I have a lot of questions. That might literally be a lower percentage of people that, than that do Naval ROTC. Really? Well, actually, I don't know. There's three out of our class of, ooh, that's pretty low percentage. How many runners is it per class? Like of your class, twelve hundred ish. Um, that's true. I should, it should say that some. Um, it does. I'm not seeing the. I'm not seeing that number right now, but might not pr- show. Yeah, it might not show. It's probably on here somewhere. Okay, but yes. Um, so yeah, fifty nine point four. Which I don't know. I was assumed that there are more private school kids here than public. So I don't even know if this is representative of everything, but I don't know, just interesting. I was kind of thinking it would be somewhat even, but... um. Yeah, but, okay. Next question. What percentage of students in your class do you think are international? International. Gosh. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to get some of these way wrong. (laughs) Which is okay. Maybe I'll say, like, 17 that is a very good guess. The answer is 14.9, so 15%. That was good. Okay, look at you go. 15% are international, which that's about on par with, with what I would have guessed. Um, 
Okay, so those are two just demographic-based ones. Moving on to, this is now the academic section. What percentage, actually, no, no, this is a numbers question. So there's a, there's a chart here that has where the other Ivy Leagues where people in the class of 2025 are accepted. Actually, first question for you. Did you apply to any other Ivies? I did. So that's actually an interesting story. I actually applied early decision to Dartmouth. Oh, okay. Um which was interesting. I got deferred and then eventually denied. What? Rude. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I also applied to UPenn and Brown. Okay. I ended up getting into Brown. Okay. Not UPenn. Didn't really like Brown that much, though. Fair enough. Okay. So the question is, there. there's the numbers of people that got accepted into each of the different other Ivies. Which Ivy do you think the most people got into? And which Ivy do you think the least people got into? Most people got into. Uh, um, I would probably think for most people, Cornell, maybe. <laughs> I love that answer, although wrong. Yeah. I would have I thought Cornell, too. I got into yeah. Cornell. Yeah. And I didn't get into the one my, that the most people in your class got into. My, my mom said, actually, that they used to chant at sporting events when they were playing Cornell. They used to chant safety school, too. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that again. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, so, okay, so that was wrong for most, and I'll tell you the right answer in a second. And which one do you think the least people got into? Um, I mean, it's so tough. Maybe Harvard? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Which is funny because uh, so the answer for the one that most people got into, 112 people got into Penn. Penn, really? Which I got rejected from. <laughs> yeah, same, same. Yeah. And yeah, 40 people got into Harvard, which I also got rejected from. Was was Cornell anywhere up? Cornell was third, really? actually. So most third, people got okay. into Penn, and then 99 into Columbia, 88 into Cornell, really? and then 75 Yale, 73 Brown, 62 Dartmouth, and then wow. 40, 40 Harvard. I'm surprised Dartmouth's up that high. Yeah, me too. The Harvard one doesn't surprise me. I don't know what it that's the that's the one that got away. I think yeah. I'm glad I came here, but it would have been cool to get in just to say just to say I got into Harvard. Yeah. But you know, Princeton's number one. So. Princeton is number one, so it, yeah, it is yeah. what it is. It's uh, it's funny. I'm I'm pretty competitive with my sisters at Dartmouth, so we're always looking at like different stats. And then like I saw I I found a meme that somebody had made last time where it was like Princeton, I think soccer, volleyball, and field hockey like beat Dartmouth. In all three or whatever. So I sent her something about that. Love to see it. <laughs> um, next question. And this one is about the amount of AP classes taken in high school by your class. What percentage of the class do you think took 15 plus APs? Which is absurd. I probably, I probably took like four, five tops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy. It depends on the school, I feel like. Some don't offer as much. Because I took like probably as many as I could at my school. And it was... 11, I believe. Which um, is also a lot which, of AP Yeah, that, that's, that's a lot. You fucking um, nerd. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so I, I, guess, I guess a lot of these people have those schools where you can take like all APs every year. But <laughs> they came in freshman year APs. So give, so me, give it to me now. <laughs> per, percentage of people that took more than 15? That took 15 plus APs. 15 plus? Yeah. Maybe I'll say 18. No, uh, thankfully it's lower. It's only 8.1%. Okay. Okay, okay, And that's so good. the lowest percentage was 6.1% took one to two APs, and then the second most percentage was 8.1% took 15 plus. Um, and then the one, the range of the most people, which was 
21 20.7% of people took 7 to 8 APs, which I think yeah. is like that's like a solid. Yeah, that seems good. That's like a pretty solid number. I actually I met one of the kids in the 6.7% last <laughs> Really? Yeah. He's in my uh EGR physics class, I believe. And he was just like, "Yeah, I took one AP." Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's from Iowa, took one AP. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay, next question. This is fun. <laughs> I like this. Um we have the Okay, this one's okay. Prospective careers, which I this one they need to do as freshmen, and then I hope they also ask this exact same question as a senior because oh boy, that transition that's gonna happen from (laughs) what people think they're gonna do to the three things that people do, it's hilarious to watch. That'd be a great graph to look at. So, first question actually, yeah, these are actually pretty cool stats, but which, um, okay. No, that's too hard of a question. What's so I will say, best? yeah, I was about to say, I was going to ask you what perspective. I might have a guess. Okay. Okay. What is it? Uh, would it be like something in finance, investment banking? See, okay. Okay. No. Okay. According to this, that it's acting. I was, it was like, maybe could be that. According to this, it is academia, which 41.5% okay. of people say they want to go wow. into. But I fully believe that if you ask this again as senior in senior year, years, yeah. finance and investment banking will for sure be the number one. Because right now it is, um, it says twenty three point one percent of people want to go into finance. That's okay. going to at least double by senior year. Consulting is at seventeen percent. I didn't even know what consulting was coming in. That will also I feel probably like you could put consulting and, fin- and investing together. No, no, they're no, they're kind of different. They're kind of different. But I also think that number will probably double <laughs> by yeah. senior year because you'll see everyone comes and wants to do all wanting to do all these things, and then you just end up in finance, consulting, tech. That's just mine. Would be the same freshman and senior because it's native. well, yeah, because you have a more you have a more set path, so that so that makes more sense. Okay, next question. So those were all academics based. We're going to go into lifestyle. Ooh. All right. Little, little more fun here. Okay, I'm not gonna ask you about that. That's a little weird. <laughs> Even okay, in this one, I'm not gonna ask you about. It, so I'm just gonna read the stats because I think they're interesting stats. All right. And this is age of first alcohol consumption, and this is wild. It's 10.9 percent were consumed alcohol for the first time in middle school or earlier. Gee, where are your parents? This that's is absurd. A, that's, <laughs> wow, that's high. That's a lot of people in middle school or, or, or earlier. 14.4% in ninth grade, 24.1% in 10th grade, which is the highest uh, percentage, 199 in 11th grade, 181 in 12th grade, 55 after high school, and 7.2 prefer not to answer. First of all, it's an anonymous survey. That's what I'm... Why are people... Why are you like this? It is an anonymous survey just to help us get a holistic sense of the class. Why would you prefer not to answer? Wait, was there another option in the statistics? No, it was just middle school earlier, each of the okay. different grades in high school, after high school. And pre- there shouldn't even be a prefer not to answer. You should yeah. have to have to answer that one. Okay, okay, good question. Which social media app do you think um, is the most used by the class of 2025? It's a great question. Again, I would not say I'm super qualified in this area. Do you I, not have social media? I So I do actually now. But all the way through high school, I was kind of an anti-social media person. Okay, I respect I mean, I, I don't mind people that have it. I just personally was not a big fan of it. And then my parents were like, all right, you have to get you have to get Instagram so you can meet your roommates. <laughs> what um, about Facebook? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I do now have an Instagram, um, but I, I 
think I know from high school. I would have to guess either Instagram or Snapchat. I, I may say Snapchat. You should have. Okay. You eh? Well, top is Instagram. Second okay. is Snapchat okay. with 91.9% having an Instagram and 67.3% having a Snapchat. Maybe I should have thought if I have an Instagram, then probably everyone, everyone has an Instagram. <laughs> and I love that fucking LinkedIn is on here. That is not social media. Only at Princeton would you consider LinkedIn to be social media, which is the lowest percentage at 15.3%. Um, next question. Music tastes. What genre of music do you think is the most popular amongst your class? That's tough. Um, and the answer was in my question. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm not going to repeat the question. But yeah. <laughs> I missed it. Um, gosh, well, I was kind of thinking rap, but I don't remember that being in your question. Uh... I don't know. I, I was kind of thinking like either rap or pop music. There you go, pop. I said the pop. most popular. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, pop is number one at seventy nine point seven percent. Second is alternative in India fifty four point eight percent, and third is rap at forty eight point one percent. So you're you're good. Actually, I'm not a big, not a huge music guy either, which I know is kind of weird, but. Uh, so I, I didn't really know. This is you're you're pretty good at this. You got you you got your finger on the pulse right here. Okay. It would have been best if I like looked at the results right before and then told you I hadn't seen. Yeah. Um. Next question. And again, there's some prefer not to answers in here. Fucking <laughs> losers. Um. Question is: Have you ever owned a fake ID? So, what percentage of the class do you think said yes? Ah. Uh. I feel like a lot of that kind of depends on like where you're from and whether or not you actually need one. Um, so percentage that have had a fake ID? Yes. 22. I would have thought higher too, but it is actually only 7.9%. 7.9. Which wow. makes, I don't know if people are lying or not. but Yeah, you know. I was worried my guess might be a little low, but I guess I'm pretty off. On and that. there's, so 7.9% said yes, 90.5% said no, and then you got the 1.6% of weirdos who said prefer not to answer. We can say they had the idea. Yeah, exactly. You might as well. Like, what is the point of a, they shouldn't even add that section on yeah. these types of surveys. They... Yeah, it doesn't. It's completely anonymous. Exactly, it doesn't. It doesn't help anybody. I feel like those people probably just didn't read the fact that it's completely anonymous. Yeah, yeah. Didn't want to like get in trouble or something. I guess. Um. Okay. And then this. <laughs> this is. A, okay. There's more prefer not to answers on here, but I guess I understand this one a little bit more. And again, I'm not even going to ask you this one. I don't yeah. want it to be weird in any way. But it, the <laughs> the title's just sex. <laughs> Have you had sex? Twenty eight for. 28% yes, 66.5% no, 5.5% prefer not to answer. Do with those numbers what you will. <laughs> exactly. And he nods. Okay, and so we talked, so those were Princeton-specific numbers. And like I said, I was reading, there's this thing called Morning Brew. I read every, I try to read it. Try to read every morning. Give me my nice little updates on just news, things happening in business over the, it's like a morning newsletter. And the other day, Wait, this... Sorry, sorry. Just b before we get to that for a second, did you by chance see the other um, thing that they posted? So I didn't actually get a look at this, but some people were reading out some of the stats to me. They actually made some stats on, like, that related that related the different stats together. So it was, like, if you're a BSE major, then you're, like... They said, like, you're, like, 
ten percent less likely to drink or something. Oh, like there Did are you see any there things? there were some of those. Okay, wait, hold on. Let me bring those tabs back. I was up. just wondering because I remember somebody was sh- uh, showing me some of those, and I thought some of them were kind of funny. Some were kind of funny. Okay, and I will I'll, t- I'll read the two of the two of the funnier ones. All right. One is um. And no offense to any athletes out there, but it really is about they're both actually about athletes. Uh, the, SA, the SAT the scores, and then also the the who's more likely to have had sex based on if you're an athlete or a non-athlete. <laughs> yeah. And I will hold on. Let me let these load. Okay. Um, okay, sex by athlete status. Oh, it's still loaded. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> and these are actually pretty. It's I mean, again, do with the numbers with you with what do with the numbers what you will. So for recruited athletes, fifty nine point five percent said they've had sex and forty point five had not. And then for non athletes, seventy four point five had not and twenty five point five percent had. That's just Hey, again, do with those numbers what you will. Just Wait, so there were no prefer not to answers in that one. I think they this is based. It, I think this is based. Out. This is based on. Yeah, I think yeah, they left them they, out. Yeah. And then when it comes to the SAT scores, which again, kind of funny, but SAT scores by recruited athletes. So for recruited athletes, oh no, I'll do not non athletes first. Actually, no. So for recruited athletes. had an SAT score that was 1390 and below. And then if you compare that with non-athletes, only seven. And that was the highest range for athletes. And then for non-athletes, for 1390 and below, there was only 7.7%. And the highest category was 1560 to 1570, which was 31.7%. And if you compare that with the recruited athletes, only 2.5% got 1560. I think I know a guy in the 2.5%. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I'm glad. You, it's just interesting numbers. And again, no yeah. disrespect to any athlete in either regard. Good for you. Definitely. You're out here. Hey, their schedule, there's, I, 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 one of my roommates on the football team, their schedule is very similarly tough to like RTC, I would say. Yeah, tough schedules. Mornings for them, a lot of working out. Yeah. Uh, and they come here and, stuff. and everybody thrives all the same. So like yeah. these numbers are just fun to look at, but again, like your SAT scores, I don't really think determine how well you do here. Everyone oh, yeah. gets here Definitely and they not. and they do okay. Okay, so that's with the Princeton one. And then this one we will just glance we'll just uh talk about really quickly. But it's this investment bank and they survey ten thousand US teens and you are how old? Nineteen. Perfect. So you 19. are these are your people. Um, and so they survey 10,000 teens just about their different um, interests when it comes to the things that they consume, whether that be what they're buying, the social media that they use, what they watch on TV. And so I just thought there were some interesting stats in here. So I'm going to ask you real quick about a few of these. Um, when it comes to iPhone ownership out of teenagers, what percentage of teenagers do you think own iPhones? Um Whatever you so, think it is, probably go higher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know I was definitely in the big minority. I didn't get a phone until maybe 10th grade, I believe. So I, I was on the later end, um, and I still got it when I was a teen. And most people, I feel like, got it by, like, 7th grade, which is, like, when you're hitting your teen years, 7th, 8th grade. I mean, I would have to guess, like, 92 very close. Like that, that was a good, good guess. 87%. 87%. 87% on an iPhone. 
And then, okay. so same question, um, social media, what do you think is the um, most popular social media? Uh, I don't know. Uh, my younger sister, I'm trying to think of what, what one she uses. <laughs> what she uses. Um, I could probably guess Instagram again, just because how high it was in the other one. No, it is Snapchat. So Snapchat. Oh, Sna- <laughs> yeah. Snapchat and then TikTok. Oh, gosh. So the Princetonians okay. don't use TikTok as much, yeah. and it's Instagram and Snapchat, but for the teens, which you are, is yeah, yeah. Snapchat and then TikTok. Okay, next question. What do you think is the top teen brand? So clo- clothing brand. Clo- okay, clothing. Clothing brand, yes. Oh, wow. I have no idea. <laughs> um, Maybe... Uh, that's definitely not right, but I'm just gonna say Nike. You are, dude. You are a yes. That is correct. That's, that's that is right, that really? is correct. Okay. And you know why that's wow. so funny is because I looked at you. Your shirt is Nike. <laughs> yeah. Your yeah. shoes are Nike, and then you look at me. My shoes, shorts, <laughs> and shirt are Nike. So it makes I was sense. Like, it yeah. makes yeah. That I guess it, especially with a lot of the guys, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. So Nike is the one. All right. Well, there you go. Um, who do you think is their favorite celebrity? You're good at this. You're probably gonna get the answer right again. I don't know. Ah, uh, favorite celebrity. Hint, he's an actor. I'll give you a hint. Cause, you know, yeah. Um, not great with actors. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I don't know, maybe like Brad Pitt or something. I don't know. Um, no, and he's not even on the top ten. But again, <laughs> hard right, question. So, favorite celebrity: Adam Sandler, number one; Ryan Reynolds, really? two; okay. then Kevin Hart. Dwayne Johnson, Taylor uh, Swift. I should have thought more on the co- on the comedy line. Yep. Clearly. Then Taylor Swift, then Kanye West, then Zendaya. Okay, I did think then, about saying Taylor Swift, but I didn't. Really <laughs> then Harry Styles and LeBron James and Tom Holland. So those are the okay, top ten. Okay. Um, and then last one, what do you think? What percentage of teens would you? What per- according to this survey, what percentage of teens consider their carbon footprint when making a purchase? I feel like this one actually may be higher than I think, but I don't know. Um, I personally probably don't. <laughs> uh, You're a cancel. No, um, <laughs> but carbon footprint to make a purchase. Oh, man. I don't know. I feel like people up north probably do a lot more than people in the south, just generally. But uh, I don't know, maybe like 32%. The answer is fifty four percent. Okay, which okay. I get, so we're again, doing better than I thought. Exactly, higher than I thought because I don't either. But I'm not a team. This isn't for me. But hey, that's good. But okay, so that there's a this is actually a pretty cool survey. So if you yeah, want definitely. look through it, they it's like a the the PDF is like it's ninety one pages of just different wow, stats yeah. about teens and their purchasing habits. So pretty cool. But now we will get to the Tiger Confession section. I'm excited to hear what this is. Hayward, do you, yeah, hi, Hayward, do you know what Tiger Confessions is? I do not. <laughs> so Tiger Confessions is a page on Facebook for Princeton students, and it is an anonymous posting site. So people post different things anonymously. They could be questions. They could be comments. It could be, oh, this person's really attractive. You post whatever you want. And then you post anonymously, and then people ask themselves using their profile. They can comment under this and respond to them in whatever way they want to. And so I usually um, pull some of the confessions off of there, ask them to my guest, or just read them out loud, yeah. whether it's a question or a statement, and have my guests and myself react to them. So first one is, 
It says, I'm a frosh and I'm so overwhelmed by midterms. Any advice in the comments would be appreciated, especially for the BSE prereqs. <laughs> and so, Hayward, although you are a freshman, um, but it sounds like you've been managing your time pretty well. So what general advice would you have for any freshman with midterms coming up? So, I mean, this isn't exactly advice with midterms, but again, this is more for incoming freshmen uh, for next year. Do the EGR sequence. They plan out the midterms more uh, uh, more nicely. <laughs> not, sure, not sure if I said that right. But, it works. Um, uh, Go with the flow. Because 152 in calculus I already had uh, yesterday, actually. And then 151 I get next week. And you get to pick uh, which day you do it on uh, and what period of time you want to do it in. So the flexibility of that's great. And having them two different weeks is also great. Makes it uh, much easier to plan out your time. And then my coast midterms, uh, just do the opposite of whatever I did. <laughs> I believe I got a 20 on the coding one and a, like a 50 on the written one, maybe. Oh, dude, try. Um, Wait, what, and what were they out of? 20 out of what? Out of 100. Uh, and 50 out of? 100. No, it's no. You I laugh. Mean, I I, I, I want to say um, I want to say I got like an eighteen out of a dude. My I also bombed those probably just as badly yeah. as you did. So See, like <laughs> I, I heard it's kind of a. I heard you can survive bombing those, and it, but like my other problem was I was just so lost on the assignments. Yeah, and like you have to be able to do one or the other. Yeah, <laughs> and I couldn't get I couldn't get either done. So no, yeah, dude, I also bombed them both. And, the opposite, of whatever I did. Yeah. Um, I don't know the EGR ones, and I'm assuming the physics and math ones are similar. Look a lot over your P sets. Um, I mean, there's no advice I can give the EGR 152 people because we've all already taken it. Um, but I, again, for me, helpful on that one was just looking over the P sets, doing some of the midterm reviews. Oh, and go to office hours just in general. I for Navy ROTC, I have to get two hours of tutoring for physics and for calculus, so four hours total a week. So I just do office hours with my tutoring every week and like. I'm kind of glad I'm forced into going because it's so helpful on all the P sets and just all your understanding of everything. Let's definitely do that. Yeah, then Coast can't give any advice. <laughs> We're not uh, the ones to come for for Coast advice. And then my freshman seminar, I have like a paper, so just I yeah that that's my advice on EGR. That was actually that was great advice for a freshman. That was great. You basically hit everything I was gonna hit on. Um, do pizza and I was, first I would say don't procrastinate and leave all oh, your yeah. studying until the last second, which we've all tried to do, and then you do it successfully one time. You're like, oh, yeah, I can do I, this again. I did a little bit of that uh, <laughs> with my calculus one, um, just because I I took calc uh, BC my senior year of high school, and it's similar material to the EGR 152. So I uh, I studied a good bit in the morning. Because I really like to go to bed on Wednesday nights because my Wednesdays are really long days. Um, and then <laughs> woke up, studied, and then kind of lost track of time. At uh, Looked at the clock. It's 10.55. My exam starts at 11. Oh, jeez. <laughs> in, um, in Peyton Hall, which is right by the Lewis Science Library. Okay. I'm in Holder. Ah, far. Without I, a bike. <laughs> yeah, w without a bike or scooter. I... Literally pretty much booked it, sprinted down there, got there like at 11. Damn. And we ended up starting at like 11.03, so it was fine. There you go. But definitely leave yourself time to get to your midterm. <laughs> that too. Because that's, that's pretty important. And although this is going to come out 
not next week, which is midterm week. It's going to come out the week after that, which is the, honestly, I hmm, that's a good question. I don't know if I want to release this the week of spring break or just wait till we come back. So whatever. That's I'll decide that after. But yeah, so leave yourself enough time to get to the exam. Leave yourself enough time to study for the exam. Go to office hours, do your problem sets, do the readings, form study groups. Don't feel like you have to do everything by yourself. Block out your time in a way that allows you to study for everything. Like actually put the time on your schedule for when you're going to study and get things done. You'll be able to visualize when you're going to do everything, and that will all be very helpful. But yeah, hey, for a front, that was a great, great advice. Great advice. Um, and then the second one is more just a. It's actually very top, and I picked this before we even started. Um, but it says, it's having a question. It just says, I don't think I'm smart enough for my major. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was like, hey, man, um, we've all we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It kind of depends on what major you're in. I think in a lot of ways you can grind through it, uh, depending on what you're doing. But I also think you should, if you can, do something that you like for sure. I'm realizing, like, engineering and Navy RTC is too much. Uh, and I know just with with Navy ROTC, I've got a lot on my plate, and, like, I'm going to go out as a naval officer, so it doesn't really make sense for me to major in, like, operations research and financial engineering. Exactly. And then have five years in the Navy and just uh, forget it all, probably. Yeah. And not use it after. Um, and and I, might just, I might just end up staying in the Navy, so it might not matter at all. Um, but, yeah, um, it's possible. Make sure... If, if, if you're not going to office hours, do a lot of that uh, with your major. But, again, I would try to find something you're interested in. Yeah, I think that's the best way to go. Yeah, but, again, you are not alone in uh, not fe- feeling like you're De- not smart. Definitely not. Feeling like you're not smart enough for your major. That's probably how most people feel. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many people would say they're great at their major, especially if you're in something you might not necessarily love. If it's a point where you are junior or senior and you're too far in, um, I would say don't stress. Everyone struggles. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily love my major. I'm probably not smart enough for neuroscience, but you know, I'm a few months away from getting that degree, so it'll yeah, work out. Yeah. You'll get that degree anyway. If you're a freshman sophomore, explore other options. Find out what you might like a little bit more. Because um, you know, you go to Princeton, you the degree will be worth a lot. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what it says on there, I think I might be yeah. wrong, but that's what I think. Don't, whatever. Everyone has their own opinion. So maybe even take a step back and do something that might not be as hard. And I put that in quotations. But yeah, yeah. you're definitely not alone in feeling like you're not smart enough at your major. Yeah. Again, we've covered imposter syndrome. Everyone is here not thriving as much as you think they might. So don't stress. It takes a very ambitious student to say they are smart enough for their major. Exactly. Whoever feels like they are, please come talk to me. I want to have, I wanna have up, you on your smart ass. Yeah, and come help me out too while you're at it. But yeah, we whoa, we've done a, an hour and eleven minutes, Hayward. There we go. Very great, another great podcast. Um, but yeah, do you have any final words for the people? Um, yeah, uh, keep up with the grind, but uh, so make sure you're getting that rest in. Remember, and and there's tough times. Remember, a lot of people are suffering with you. That should that should make it a little better. Um, keep definitely keep working together, especially in the classes that you can. Um, yeah, that, keep keep a balanced schedule as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And again, very well said. I guess I'll just say, 
which you touched upon very nicely before. Find your community on here, on this campus. Yeah. Suffer together. That'll make things a lot better. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Thank you for coming on, Hayward. This yes, has been thank a, you for having me. This has been great. Of course. Very enjoyable podcast. And thank you guys for listening. This has been another episode of Go With The Flow. <laughs>